Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning and happy Digital Citizenship Month. This is Ananda Leek with the Ananda Leek Show, and this month we're celebrating Digital Citizenship Month. It's the second annual celebration. The theme for this year is using your digital citizenship voice, and today we're kicking off the week with a great guest. She's one of my favorite people. Her name is Sylvia Wong Lewis. She's going to tell you a little bit about herself and where you can find her online. And then we're going to jump into the conversation about how Sylvia uses her digital citizenship voice. Hi, Sylvia. Hi. Good morning, Ananda. So good to hear your voice and be with you this morning. So good to hear yours, too. Everybody, before we started, Sylvia and I love to talk, but we were talking <laughs> about some great tips on how Sylvia uses her digital citizenship in the kitchen, and in her garden. She's going to talk more about that. But right now, I want her to tell you, listeners, who she is and where she can uh, be found online. Okay, I'd love to. All right, my company is called Narrative Mm -hmm. Network, and it's a New York-based multicultural public relations firm. We specialize in outsourced uh, media staffing and services such as corporate uh, communications, employee communications, um, marketing collateral, social media, publicity, and and press releases. Primarily, we provide writing services, and we we produce news articles, keynote and celebrity speeches, um, say, proposals, letters, writers, uh, letters and reports, uh, we work with creatives in, on, in terms of we do produce videos and multimedia and photography and graphic arts projects. Um, women artists and business events, uh, moderators, facilitators, speakers, trainers, special events, audience development has become a really big, um, a big uh, part of our work this year. So basically, um, my background is in journalism, and so uh, naturally, I con- I use stories uh, to com- to connect clients to uh, supporters and clients and customers. And so we believe that your stories are your most important strategic business tool. But most of all, I like to uh, connect people to each other. And um, so our motto here is connect act, and eat. And so my uh, website is www.yonarrative, Y-O-N-A-R-R-A-T-I-V-E.com, www.yonarrative.com. Okay. Thank you, Sylvia. And how can they find you online? Because you are on Twitter and you're on Instagram. Yes, I actually am. um, I'm all over the place now. Thanks to Thanks to you and the training that I received with you, Ananda, I am on Facebook as Sylvia Wong-Lewis and also as Your Narrative 
Network on uh, Twitter. I'm also on there on Twitter as Sylvia Wong Lewis. Um, on in- Instagram, I'm on there as I can't even remember. It's called Severa88. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have a. Um, when you go to my website, you'll see all of the. You can connect easily to like Pinterest, too. I'm on Pinterest, I'm on Tumblr. On Tumblr, I'm known as Ann Cookie Post. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lot of that is about home cooking and food. And uh, that one is uh, outreach to um, friends and family. It's more about, you know, what I'm doing at home and cooking and things like that. So. You're, you also blog. And um, one of the things, when I first met you, I was really intrigued with the work that you do as far as genealogy and your family's film. And we had you on the show for Digital Digital Sisterhood Month a couple years ago. Everybody, Sylvia was named Digital Sister of the Year, I think, in 2013. And she's going to tell you just a little bit about her genealogy research and blogging, just some key points maybe from this past year, and also a little bit about the From Shanghai to Harlem film, because I think those are really dynamic, and you've been able to use the digital space to um, connect people to genealogy as well as your family's rich history. Well, yes. Um, as I, as, um, actually, as I, as I had um, talked to you before about, I started out um, uh, in um, with just my business Platform. I had a website for just my business for uh, freelance um, writing and for outsourced um, public relations. And then I developed my website. I developed a blog as, instead of a website. In other words, I have a website, but now I have a separate blog that's on the website. And um, so I wanted her to, um, my passion is genealogy. And uh, so I've been, um, I had created, um, I had created the film called From Shanghai to Harlem, and it's it's my family story, and it it combines my mother's side and my father's side of the family, and uh, it it follows, the root of it is slavery, and uh, the other root of it is migration and immigration. And then all mixed up in there is uh, love and food and family and music and dance and things like that. So um, in my blog, I have um, topics that, or prompts, I I guess you would say. I have different prompts, like I have pieces called the cooking gene. And I talk about family recipes, or I also feature on people who have uh, recipes and and uh, cooking traditions that you know, I like to write about and share with the, um, with my readers. And then I have a piece that I have kind of like a series on um, what I call um, uh, dance gene, music gene, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the fat gene. I mean, I you know I try to bring the topics that I feel that I'm doing my uh, what you're calling digital citizenship uh, topics that I feel that are very important. I I kind of uh, I promote it in terms of uh, genealogy, and then after a while, um, people were saying to me, some of my readers were saying, "Why are you writing about dead people all the time?" 
And so then I started um, to focus more on the food, since that is a passion for me too, food. And then uh, also I always wanted to, even though I live in New York City, um, I always wanted to have a garden. So I do have a garden um, that's on my roof that is basically in containers. So I have uh, not a big container garden, but I have a lot of containers that have a lot of plants in them, trees and, and uh, vegetables and flowers and herbs and all kinds of things. So, um, yeah, so that's what I was uh, doing with the with my genealogy um, blog. And so that has led to, after I produced the film, I wasn't sure... Uh, it's a short film, and it won two awards. So then that led to um, that led to me getting booked as speakers in various places. So I think it's a to me it's it's uh, actually uh, what I use when I when I uh, lead coaching coaching sessions with um, midlife women on how to reinvent your life. I uh, I always talk about well. It's really true if you follow your passion, it's not work. And if you follow your passion, it will lead to other things. And and, and that is exactly what happened. I followed my passion for genealogy, and it led to um, me producing a film that's won two awards, which has led to me producing um, other projects that um, won awards. And uh, like, for instance, United came back from England, and um, the project that I did with uh, the BBC radio, it was called Strange Fruit. It was about lynching. It came from one of the stories in my film, which was the lynching of my uncle in um, Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And that show, that program that I did with the BBC, also won two major awards in Europe. And so that's led to other work that I'm actually doing right now with them or for them. And so, um, and all of this came from me focusing on the simple passion that I had for um, genealogy. And genealogy is really uh, family stories and family history. And uh, mm-hmm. I have one of those families that's uh, my father's side is from um, the South, Mississippi, and Louisiana, and my mother's side is from um, the Caribbean. She's Chinese, Trinidadian, Guyanese, and Venezuelan. So <laughs> this led to so many um, other passions and other, I uh, developed new interests and have um, I've just been enjoying it so much. Wow. I yeah. love how your story is just this melting pot. It's like a gumbo. And you have so many different flavors and spices, and every bowl of gumbo is special and tasty and has its own unique experience. And it's just, it's it's incredible. I love watching how your digital experience and your creative experience, they collide and how you combine them both, and they just continue to grow. It's just, you have a garden. Um, it just you just you planting seeds, and then those seeds plant, and they connect, and they just keep growing. It's wonderful. Well, I thank you for saying that because um, I think that this part, this journey that I'm on now, because you know I'm I consider myself um, I'm at the next generation now because um, I 
am a boomer. I am over 60 years old. I'm, you know, and uh, so I'm I'm an age that um, I've had a, you know, I had a very successful career, and then I launched a new career, and I'm on to uh, a a more meaningful journey, I feel, in terms of my, uh, how I'm living my life. And um, so I'm, I really appreciate that, that you're liking it because I, I, think that, um, I think that whatever one does, that you have to have passion for it. And um, when people will ask me, well, why didn't you do this before? Well, when I was a working journalist, you really have to write stories that your editor gives you to write. And... Um, so for once, I'm so glad that I'm, be a, I'm able to focus on the stories that I want. I have my own stories to tell. I have my own family stories, my own, you know, uh, culture and traditions and things that I wanted to focus on. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like that all the time. And, it, you know, actually, when I first started as a journalist, and I think I shared this with you before, uh, when I first started as a journalist, it was, we were, I was part of that group who was integrating um, the media, the daily newspaper world, the media world, the journalism world. And so um, I was brought in during that era where they really didn't have many black journalists. And so I, I was um, brought in and had opportunities to work in journalism. But I do remember that I was asked to do black stories, and I kind of resented it at the time. But as time went on, I said, you know what, this is fine because this is my expertise. This is an interest that I have. I can't say every black journalist is interested in in black culture, black history, diaspora, uh, what I call Afro-Asian diaspora cooking and food and culture and all that. Not everybody is, but I was. So I just decided to embrace it. Mm. Embracing your life and your passion is something you're really great at. Everybody, Sylvia teaches me that all the time, and I teach her, she tells me, so we teach each other. I want you to tell me now, what is your definition of digital citizenship, and how are you expressing your digital citizenship voice just in the last maybe month or two? (laughs) Okay. Well, first I just want to say a little bit about uh, uh, citizenship and civics. You know, it's um, this is something that's very dear to my heart because I'm in that generation where we actually were taught civics in school. This was something that was major, where um, being a citizen and civics education was about how to be a good citizen. And I think that um, that the uh, digital space allows us to. Um, allows us to to do it in a more in a, a more expansive way, I guess you can say. And um, so, in terms of um, what I think digital citizenship is, I think it's I think I had like maybe five areas that I think that um, would be in terms of how I do it. And one is I have like five things. One is honesty or telling the truth. One is, uh, uh, number two is um, compassion. Number three is respect. Number four is health. Maybe number four should be number one, health. And number five is courage. So all of these topics, I would say, are ways that I share stories on these various themes. Like, for instance, 
And it's related to the Girl Scouts, and we were talking about a blogger, and they had um, the lady who was um, the head of the Girl Scouts and talking about. Now, that's an organization that is devoted to teaching young people about good citizenship. And um, so, um, say about my first uh, theme would be honesty. Well, I like to share stories about the truth, even though it's truth that's very difficult. And I notice that a lot of people are doing that now, especially uh, people of color. We've we've been um, educating ourselves about the truth of our history, even though it's very difficult to accept. We're telling the truth about our history and sharing it and talking about it and embracing it. That's one thing. The other thing is, is compassion. I like to share stories about having compassion for each other. It's like when I saw a piece yesterday where it was a, two little boys, uh, little baby boys, actually, twins. One was afraid to jump off the step, and the other one did. And then his mom said, it was a short video. She said, oh, he's crying. You know, you hurt his feelings by going without him. And then instantly he just went back and helped him. And that was compassion. He saw his brother cry. He went to help him. So that's the... Um, that's a story about compassion. Then um, respect. I like to share stories about people that I respect. They could be readers. They could be just regular people. They could be you or me or coworkers. But I think that people need to know about how you respect people and why you respect a person. And I like to write about those things. Also, health. Um, how I ended up writing about health is because I'm always very consumed with that. And also, I'm a uh, boomer generation. And now, uh, when you reach this stage of life, once you reach 50, it's one thing. When you reach 60, it's something else. It's all very um, fabulous, actually. It's an honor to reach any stage that you're at. But, you know, you do have to do different things and consider what you're eating and how much rest you're getting and the kinds of people who you're with and what your thoughts are. And so, it's a kind of a mind, body, soul. Um, approach that I have. So I write about that. And then um, having courage. I like to write when people have courage about things, like people who are demonstrating, like when um, Black Lives Lives Matter um, demonstrations were happening. I can't say that I was out there demonstrating with those kids. I mean, I was out there, but I, here in New York, I was out there, but when the crowds got too big, I could not personally handle it. But I do feel that it takes a certain amount of courage to stand out there and march and protest for something you believe in. So um, in terms of like my most recent blog post was about Juneteenth. I don't know if you got a chance to remember to see that, but, uh-huh. um, I, you know, so that's, that's, our, that's about truth, right? That's about honesty. Now, okay, so Juneteenth was a holiday that I never celebrated. I never knew anything about because I grew up in New York and uh, Brooklyn, all in Brooklyn. So when I moved to Oakland, California, everybody out there was celebrating Juneteenth. It was like, what happened? Why why didn't I get that memo? (laughs) Right? (laughs) How is everybody doing that? I mean, everybody. Everybody was having Juneteenth barbecue. I was getting invitations to Juneteenth. Picnics. I was like, what is this? And um, now, why are all of those Texas people, Louisiana people, mostly Texas, why are they in Oakland? 
So that's also a story about migration, right? Mm-hmm. Because what happened is, you know, the Juneteenth story is related to slavery. When the when the um, Emancipation Proclamation was signed and the enslaved people were free, meaning the black people who were enslaved when they were freed, the people in Texas weren't told for two years and kept them still enslaved. So then when they were found out, they found out in Juneteenth, what they say, Juneteenth is that they found that in June, somewhere in June, some date in June. So it's just a colloquial way. Anyway, so that's like a, a recent post that I um, wrote about in my um, blog. Uh, I also write about slavery in my blog. I noticed I was just looking at, you know, the topics. I write about slavery, abolition, diaspora, food. Those are the topics that I wrote about in my blog. Um, I post every day on, say, Instagram and on Facebook. And I, yeah, I post on all of those topics, like topics that are related to women, um, food and health, and African American and Caribbean African history. And also, as you say, digital citizenship means about civics. It means about your community. Who is who? You know, voting. Who are your elected officials? What is going on in your community? And how do you support your community? Um, For instance, I told you in my community, you and I were talking about you were doing things to promote your actual neighborhood that you live in. And I I really do believe that we all should do that. I mean, it bothers me when I see people in my neighborhood uh, just throw trash on on the ground or just spit on the ground or just, you know, leave stuff. I just, it bothers me. And I say, oh, excuse me, you dropped something. And they look at me like, oh, don't you know, I just threw that there on purpose. (laughs) And they say, like, what are you, the police? (laughs) But I am kind of like that. I'm like, yeah, you dropped something. It's my neighborhood. You can't come over here dropping things on the ground. So, um, you know, I tell uh, a project that I worked on in my neighborhood is a community uh, garden. And I was Mm -hmm. a volunteer and I helped. Um, develop it and promote it, and, and I'm on the committee for it and things like that. Mm. Wow. So I'm involved in a lot of things. You know, I, I'm involved in that sense and that it's not an everyday thing, but um, uh, every year or every year we have some, we have like a, um, a program that uh, mm-hmm. we decide what's going to happen throughout the year and we just kind of try to keep up with it. But I do post a lot, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I see that you post, too. I post on food and health and, and uh, what's going on in the election. Like right now, the uh, Sandra Bland case is getting a lot of, you know, a lot of attention. And um, and um, and also when uh, President Obama was visiting Kenya, that was getting a lot of attention. Um, in my neighborhood, the... Um, they had a, a demonstration, a recognition of people with disabilities in, in Chinatown. So uh, the um, the, the uh, event was actually held in downtown in Chinatown area. So I'm very um, I'm very involved in that sense where I try to keep up. There's so much to keep up with too, Ananda. Just so much. 
I know. Now, speaking of so much in New York City, we were both recently at the Block Herd 11th Annual Conference, and it was so good to experience the conference with you. I want to ask mm. you, because this was your first time going to Block Herd, what were your top five moments? Oh, wow. Well, I had, um, for my top five moments, I could say it was almost totally emotional of um all of my my top five moments were first of all it kicked off with black lives matter did, did you notice that i mean the conference actually opened up with the founders of black lives matter and the whole presentation with that so that to me set the tone um in terms of that these people at Blog Her get it um, in terms of their thoughtfulness and what um, their program was about. I mean, I'm a professional that um, holds conferences and programs and workshops and things, so I was looking at that just in terms of what did they actually do, what did they actually offer, who were the speakers and all that, and I thought they did a really good job with that. So. For me, the top five thing was that, well, they opened with a very powerful um, presentation with Black Lives Matter, and then um, it just kept getting better and better with each presentation. And um, I, I think the second one was seeing women of color. I didn't expect to see as many women of color as I saw, and I was really pleasantly surprised and happy. And also women who are my age. I mean, I'm 64 years old. And very few of my personal friends blog or are interested in the digital space. So it was like finding um, my tribe. And I was really glad to see the mature women at black and white, but I was just glad to see them. And because, as you know, the only other blogging conference that I had ever attended was the Brown Blogging um, Conference. And that was wonderful because it was, you know, for us, for African-Americans, men and women. But, uh, you know, I was saying, oh, um, I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, I don't have the experience like you where you've probably been to a lot of blogging conferences, but... um, I was so glad that you encouraged me to go because I was so glad that I I did go. And uh so I guess number two was the um was just the seeing the women see my tribe there. That's so the program, the tribe there. And then um I think overall it's like if you wanna write better, you wanna edit better, you wanna talk about mental health or you wanna start a business you want to start using social media. I mean, I took, I'll tell you, I took a number of um, workshops. I took a few workshops on very practical matters, like how to improve my photography, how to improve my video. Um, I didn't really, um, I didn't really get to go to as many, there were just so many things offered that I, I just, you know, it's just like a smorgasbord. And so many offerings, and I wish I could the 
divide myself into a few people to to go to everything. So I was just um, so that's that's the other thing is that um, there were resources there. So that's the the third thing I would say resources there so was my tribe resources, the programming, the tribes, the resources. And then um, I think the thing about being inspired is another thing. Maybe that's my fourth um, item top takeaway. And then the other thing was actually realizing that I inspire others. I think it's one thing when, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm so inspired uh, attending this conference. And then it was also really beautiful to see that I actually inspire other people, and I I was really touched by that. So that's my top five. <laughs> wow. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that you realize that you inspire other women, because I tell you that all the time, and <laughs> I saw I saw different yeah. um, from different women that took photos with you that were saying those words, and that mm-hmm. were it and I was like wow this is so great that Sylvia sees it because I think oftentimes we're so busy living that yes. we don't we don't see it or we when people tell us we don't we don't always take it deeply in and I had the similar I had similar experiences when you sat with me when I first saw you at the Black Lives Matter and we did the Periscope video everybody mm-hmm. just Sylvia had done a Periscope video maybe two weeks before that of her garden. And uh-huh. I, I just happened to be on my phone, and I saw it. And when I saw her do it, I was like, I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. She inspired me, but I I heard you tell me that you were inspired by me, and I heard you mm-hmm. say that to other people. And it really was the first time that I took it in. So I, mm-hmm. I hear you. It was um. It was a really moving experience for me as well, just hearing how I impact others. Um, mm-hmm. That opened me up to hear other people say things to me so I could receive it. Yes, we should we should uh, tune in and, and hear it and take it in. And so, yes, you inspire me and I inspire you. And what this conference was very good about showing that because mm-hmm. you, you saw it a lot. It was like you... You're with everybody, with different generations, and you're sitting in mixed groups and some with your own group. But you hear, you know, you hear that, and you say, "Oh, that's so inspiring! I'm so glad you did that." Oh, you did that that film about your family. I'm so inspired by that. And I'm like, "Oh, wow! I'm so inspired that you, you know, did this, and you're traveling all over the world, and you have this travel video, and da da da." So it's like we were meeting people throughout the conference, and I'm telling you, I just had. That's a good time. I just was like, I think I was maybe on overload too, and I, mm-hmm. you know, just um, just the way um, that's like I voted for, um, you know, like the pitch where people mm-hmm. were doing the pitch for their um, company, and Majora um, Carter did one, Lovey did one, and the Red Pumps and all that, and it was like, uh, you know, I I wanted to vote for every one of them, and they were all great, and they all got awards, right? They all won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they all, they all actually won, right? Yes, and then, um, <laughs> and then when Ava DeBerni, well, when she came on, she was just, oh my God, she was just, you know, and she talked about film, and you know, she directed Selma, and she, you know, and just uh, Gwen Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow, she talked about. Goop, you know, and she did how she, how her 
newsletter led to her blog, and that was a big company. I mean, it was just so many moments where we um, where we were affirmed, I guess. And I can't say that I experienced this at too many conferences at all, where we were affirmed that, yes, you are an expert. In fact, you saw these signs everywhere. I am an expert, dot, 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 right? It was on every table, on every um, every uh, ledge that you saw it was placed on every table. And um, it was uh, kind of a, a um, you know, a to to make conversation with people, they encouraged us to pick up, because I carried, carried some of them home, and you were supposed to, like, fill it in. It's like, I am an expert, and then you're supposed to put your name in and then write what you're an expert in. And I actually never did it, but I was glad to see it, and then it made me focus on, yes, we are all experts uh, in whatever we do and what, what we are. And it was great to see that affirmation for us as women. And it's very rare that we get a chance to do that because most times in society, we are not affirmed. In fact, we are, you know, objectified and belittled and and, um, and um, marginalized and all of those things. So it was just great to just be, you know, affirmed that we are experts in many things. Yes, yes, yes. So this is what I wanted to ask you because we're winding down our conversation, but there's a couple points that I want to get in before we we wrap up this great conversation. So during the Blogger Morning Keynote, we were blessed with a conversation between the Girl Scouts of America CEO, Ana Maria Chavez, who was the first Latina and first woman of color to lead the Girl Scouts, and two African-American Girl Scouts. You mentioned during that keynote that you were a Girl Scout and you had, mm-hmm. some, you had some interesting experiences. Can you tell us about one or two that you want the audience to know about? Yes. Well, I think that um, especially since we're talking about dig- digital citizenship, I just wanted to remind everyone that one of the, well, the top organizations that focused on good citizenship were the black women sororities and the Girl Scouts, I mean, in, in my personal life. And um, when I heard her talk about, oh, yes, we were diverse from the beginning, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I know that there were black Girl Scouts since 1917, but let's face it, they were all segregated, and I was in a segregated Girl Scout troop. And how did I get in the Girl Scout troop? The Deltas. So I know that the Deltas are having um, a big uh, conference in, in, I think, Texas right now. But um, what, I, what I was saying to you is that I really felt that black women throughout history, because of the nature of our history of having survived enslavement and Jim Crow and segregation and all these things, that the black community, especially the black women, have um, really become very expert at mentoring each other and generations of people. And I give a lot of credit to my experience with the Girl Scouts and with the black sororities. And so when the Girl Scouts were originally, they were called Girl Guides. 
And uh, it was about um, survival and uh, good citizenship. Like I remember I got a uh, badge as uh, a, a child nurse, right? Because you were taught about first aid and what to do if someone uh, faints or gets a bruise or broken arm or something and how to banish them, things like that. But we really couldn't go out into the uh, parks and camp all night because um, it was segregated and they didn't want black people in these parks. So, I mean, so I didn't have that experience of going out into the woods and, and building the tent and all that kind of stuff. I, I actually didn't. But we did a lot of things that were related to good citizenship. For instance, we went into this, this senior colored home and worked with the senior people. We helped people get the vote out. We helped um, pick up, um, keep the neighborhood clean. We um, was at the height of civil rights, so we helped with protest marches and things like that. Um, we learned American history, and um, they taught us. I actually learned black history at home. I didn't learn it in school. I learned about slavery and all those things at home. I didn't learn it in school. And uh, there were things about um, being uh, self-reliant and making yourself useful. I mean, I think your mom, your mom probably told you that too, like when you go over to other people's homes. Like, make yourself useful. Don't just sit there. You know, mm-hmm. help. You know, do something. You know, like sweep the floor, carry the bags, or, you know, try to be helpful to whoever you're visiting. So I think that all goes with um, home training and things, but... Um, I just wanted to um, share that, uh, yes, I did go, I was part of the Girl Scouts. I actually don't work for the Girl Scouts as the uh, communications director out in Long Island many years ago. But um, basically, and I do remember the Girl Scout, um, um, what is it, the Girl Scout promise, if I on my honor, I will try to serve God in my country, to help people at all times, and to live by the Girl Scout law. And what does that mean? The Girl Scout Lord. Were you in the Girl Scout? I was in it for a little while. It didn't make uh-huh. I don't think I went past a month or two because I was a brownie. <laughs> and yeah. I was brownies and mm-hmm. the group, it was just a different group of girls. And yeah. I didn't connect. And my mother told me that I had to do it because she didn't invest in any uniform. But mm-hmm. I can't. And I think I just threw a fit about I just can't do it. I can't do it. And she, she said, "Okay, you you've mm-hmm. done." It. But it just yeah. wasn't, I didn't connect with them like I did the Browning. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. See, because you weren't in a Black Girl Scout troop, maybe or something. I don't know. I was, I, was in a, a, I was in a. Um, it was a Black Girl Scout. Troop? It was a Black Girl Scout because it was the seventies. It was the early seventies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was in a Black neighborhood, predominantly Black neighborhood, and. Um, Prince George's County, Maryland. I just didn't connect with with the with the girls, but the brownies. Mm-hmm. I was oh, I was all in it. So, oh yeah, yeah, the brownies were good too. That was like just before you got into the Girl Scouts. But you know, mm-hmm. that's what I was saying. It was about being considerate and caring and courageous and strong and responsible for what I say and do. Respect myself and others. Respect authority. Use resources wise, wisely. Make the world a better place and be a sister to every Girl Scout. So that was almost like the uh, rules for the uh, sororities. It's like it's about a sisterhood and helping your community. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my diaries of my childhood back then, um, and that even carried that I even had a diary to me, 
shocking. You know, I mean, when I look at it, I thought I had a diary, but it was like a little book where you write things. So I, I see that I liked uh, Dr. Kildare. That was my favorite TV show. And that um, what I wanted to do was be a credit to my race. I mean, what's um, that about? You know, I mean, I wanted to be a credit to my race. I mean, um, I, that shows that we were very racialized, you know, during my generation. So, mm-hmm. so when I heard the, you know, the, um, um, you know, when I heard the lady from the Girl Scouts say, oh, yes, we were diverse, she didn't exactly say it the way um, I experienced it. But she said it that, well, it was diverse. It was diverse. It did have a Mexican uh, troop, and they did have a Native American troop, but they were all, in the early years, they were all segregated because, let's face it, the laws were about segregation. You just could not go certain places if you were black. And you were banned from the park. You were banned from places. You, so you just couldn't do the things that the other girls did. So um. that's what I wanted to um, share was that, yeah, I was in the Girl Scout, but it was a segregated um, troop. And I loved it. And we did wonderful things. And, um, and the reason how, and how I became a Girl Scout was through the Deltas because I would mm. say that I had about 10 Delta grandmothers in my neighborhood oh. that I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, including, including Ruby D, you know? So, I mean, these, these Delta grandmothers were the women, type of black women who came around and they looked at your report card, right? I mean, who does that these days? Let me see your report card. Okay, you need to study. Okay, you're going to college. You need to go to college. Everybody here has to go to college. I mean, who does that? I mean, I do that because I do this, you know, I recruitment for Smith College. But it, it's like um, I think today kids need to be, young people need uh, need us to engage them and to talk to them and encourage them and cheer them on and let them know that they can, even though, you know, society is not perfect, but, it, you know, let them know that they're still, there's so much they can do. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. I I had similar experiences having grown up with a mother in Sigma Gamma Rho sorority and having been to meetings as probably a baby all the way through. So everybody was in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah. That's probably you know why you went to law school and graduated from college and all of those yeah. things because they were rooting for you. How was your class? And what happened? Let me see your homework. What are you working on now? I mean, they were interested. Yeah, they knew. Some of them were worse than my mother. You know? (laughs) (laughs) And they were. I would would agree with that. They were worse than my own parents. They were. Yeah, they were family. They still are. You know, they still, whenever I see them or hear from them, they still ask my mother what's going on. But, yeah, so I relate. As we wrap up today's rich show, Mm -hmm. can you tell me what's next for you? Like, what's what's going on for you next? Um, Well, I'm hoping to, um, some technical things with my Mm -hmm. blog. I hope to um, do more blogging. And I'm actually um, trying to, Trying to um, to do a little bit more traveling and um, you know, a little bit more writing. Uh, this film project that I have uh, called uh, From Shanghai to Harlem, mm-hmm. I'm developing that, so I'm actually working on that. And I'm going to make a, a 
a series out of it instead of one big film. Because what I did, I created a a short film, and it's a a short, award-winning film. And then since I had a chance to show it and talk to um, several, you know, a lot of people and audiences and People ask me about, you know, they gave me ideas. Actually, that's that's really helpful when you create something and you take it around and share it, is that people will say, well, what about your grandmother? I want to know more about her. And what about that other grandma? I want to know about her. And what about those, you know, so there are characters in my family that people want to know more about and whatever happened to them and all that kind of stuff. So I'm actually developing that into more of a series and separating it out instead of trying to make it for one big family. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of making like a one, I was actually trying to make a one film that was everybody was in it. And, uh, and now I realize that you really can't, I can't do that anyway. You know, I can, I'm going to make like a series of um, short films about different, you know, different characters that I think might, you know, would be interesting. I think that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I think it's great because the the attention span of folks, that's what I'm always thinking of, like when I create mm-hmm. ideas and try to put it into like I'm I'm thinking about ebooks now and just bite sized pieces of information, how to bring it all the way down so people can take it and they can carry it with them or they can get it in a sitting on the bus or the subway or maybe a long ride someplace or just a 30-minute break or an hour break or something like that. Um, Because it's people's attention spans. We have so much going on and people are involved in so many different things that it's, I think it's it's a wise move. I think that's great. Oh, thank you. Yes. In fact, I I am looking at that format like an event ebook format or um because I was I was going in the direction of doing PowerPoint because I've been asked to to um invited to speak at various places. And mm-hmm. um I'm realizing that it's actually easier to just show a video and then talk, you know, than mm-hmm. than to do a PowerPoint. I don't know. It just it looks like it is anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why I'm thinking about doing more videos and doing more uh I never did an e-book. I, you have, uh, I have all your books, but I've never published a book. And um, I think I'm going to, you know, I'm looking at that. I'm actually making notes and outlines for um, e-books. And these are based on what my um, my readers are asking me for. Like mm-hmm. they're always asking me for recipes and things, or they're asking mm-hmm. me how to do genealogy or how do I find my family. I, they actually, and they're things that I could, you know, I, I can actually, um, I think that I, you know, I could really uh, be helpful in that way. So mm. I, I am going in that direction. So thanks for asking that because yeah. I'm still working on it. it. I love it. As always, I want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time this morning and just dig, digging deep into your heart, as you always do, and sharing mm-hmm so authentically with me and my listening audience. It's my pleasure. I'm always happy to talk to you and and, um, engage with you. You're such a warm spirit and uh, such an engaging person. And you're you're my teacher and inspiration. (laughs) Yes. 
Well, we, as you said before, we inspire each other. And everyone, I know you were inspired by Sylvia. Let me tell you where you can continue to be inspired and informed and influenced by her online, as I have been and will continue to be. You can follow her on Twitter at Sylvia Wong Lewis. I'll spell that for you. It's S-Y-L-V as in Victor, I-A-W-O-N as in Nancy G as in Great, Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. You can go to her website and learn even more about what she's doing. And her website is yonarrative.com. That's Y-O-N-A-R-R-A-T-I-V as in Victor E.com. You can follow her on on all of the social media. I was just thinking, I was like, she's on LinkedIn, she's on Pinterest, she's on Instagram. But yes. her website, her website. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm glad you said um, LinkedIn because that's the best one, I think, that's easiest here. Mm-hmm. My Facebook or LinkedIn. LinkedIn is good because, you know, people want to see um, what I'm up to and what, you know, what's going on with me. And then um, kind of connect the, the, way, the way to connect to the other social medias right there. So yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I really appreciate you inviting me to be on your show. Um, oh. This is really terrific. It's been great. And I just want to put a plug out because – Sylvia does a lot of shout-outs and a lot of advocacy and volunteer work for her beloved Smith College, and she uses Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter to really get it out to Smithy. So big shout-out to Smith College alum and students. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm really like, you know, it's almost like we have a cult there that I, I really do. But, you know, actually, by um, recruiting for Smith College or just, you know, uh, promoting them, I'm also just promoting kids to uh, pursue um, more education. Because when I go to these schools, they want me to talk to the black kids, the black girls. And um, I talk to all of them, whether they're, you know, the A students, because, you know, Smith is one of those uh, Ivy League schools. But I talk to the boys, too. I said, well, what are you doing? Where are you going? Are you thinking about it? And and have you taken the SATs? You know, I try to uh, mentor them about thinking about going to college. And I'm shocked. Amanda, that so many kids tell me that no one's ever talked to them about going to college. I cannot believe this. And it's all about finances. They say, oh, well, I'm not really going to college because I don't have any money. My parents don't have any money. And, you know, I'm always telling them, look, it, it doesn't have to be like that. You can, if you really want to get an education, you should really pursue it. There's always a way. So that's my message about getting an education. There's always a way. Um, wow. Well, on that, I think we're going to close today's show. Everybody, I want to say join us tomorrow. We have an action-packed Tuesday. We've got three different interviews. You can go and find out who we're talking to. And if you are just tuning in and you're missing what was a rich conversation, don't fret because in about 10 minutes, the audio recording will be available. Thank you again, Sylvia, for being a wonderful guest with us this morning. Have a magnificent day, and thank you, everybody, who joined us in the chat room. We really appreciate you. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Goodbye. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.